Sarah, there are a few things in my life that once I find them, there's no going back. And one of those discoveries is comfortable, supportive, cute shoes from our sponsor, Vionic. I can confidently say I will never buy painful shoes again for a couple of reasons. But number one is that my podiatrist would be mad at me, right? Unsupportive shoes can cause so many issues and I don't have time for that. Oh, yeah, Megan, I hear you. The great thing is Vionic makes it easy to say yes to their shoes. And I think a perfect place to start is with the Vionic Vitals collection. These are the essential styles I grab first basically every day. The collection includes loafers, sandals, heels, flats, and sneakers. And between me and you, Megan, and our team member, Katie, we've tried and loved them all. I've been getting so many compliments lately on the Uptown Loafer, and I just clocked like 15 miles in this pair of shoes on a visit to New York City last month. So the comfort factor is no joke. Oh my gosh, I love my Uptown Loafers too so much. And right now I'm kind of living in the Malibu Beach slip-on. It's easy to try out Vionic shoes because every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. Wear them, love them, or return for a full refund within 30 days. Use code themomhour15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 308 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. I'm so glad you're one of my close friends. I am so glad too. But what about all those other friends? What about all the friends who've fallen off the radar? <laughs> I don't have any. It's you and my parents and my husband and my three-way boxer group. That's it. That's all you got. Well, that sounds like actually, I think that sounds like a pretty decent haul. I think that yeah. group sounds amazing. You should like, once this is all over, get us all in one room. Yeah. Um, but we've been talking about friendship. And last week we talked about, you know, the, the, phrase that's so hot right now is ride or die friends. But we really talked about those close friendships, that girl squad, that inner circle, those people who are you know going to be there for you through thick and thin. And then, I don't know, we kind of demystified some of the myths around um, what those friendships can look like and talked about our own experiences of how they've really waxed and waned over the years. And then some very specific ways that, sh- that listeners have shared that they're best friends have showed up for them or how those friendships got even tighter over the last year or so. And then on the other side, um, we heard from a lot of listeners who said they don't really have those friend, those friendships and they feel really lonely. Um, maybe they had them for a while and then motherhood plus, you know, motherhood and, or the pandemic and, or politics and, or something else Mm -hmm. has kind of created a strain. And then there was some who really don't feel like they've really ever had them and they just feel really lonely. So we really dived into dove dive. I'm having a word problem. Um, just okay. letting you all know right now, words are not my friends at the moment. Um, I hope this doesn't last that too much longer. Um, but now we're going to talk about that other category of friendships. And this is something I didn't give a ton of thought to um, until, I don't know, kind of recently, there was an article back in January in the Atlantic and the the title was kind of doom, doomish sounding. And I want to say, well, I'm going to look at, pull it up right now. Here's a title. The pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship. Ouch. Right. Um, 
But I had been realizing like slowly but surely over the months, over the summer when I was out more and things were more opened up here, I kind of stopped by or like popped into a few of my old haunts and just they didn't feel the same. The people weren't there. The bartenders were all gone. I randomly would run into sometimes people that I was used to seeing in certain settings and they were in entirely new settings because they had lost their jobs or they had gotten a new job or like all kinds of things. So not only was I not seeing those people on a regular basis anymore, but it made me realize that when life gets back to normal, it's like, it's like a snow globe that we shook up and everyone landed in a different spot. Right. So, um, my habits are different. I'm not going to go back to some of the places that I used to go to. I, I'm not going to be part of some of the same, you know, casual social clubs and, and circles that I used to be in. And so that really changes things. And there is a lot of research that those casual connections yes. are just as important to our um, mental and emotional health, but also our physical health, like longevity and things like that are, yes. that is all connected to casual connections, loose ties, um, just as much as those close connections. So yes. it's important. It is. It's really important. And I know I'm going to have probably more personal stories to share today because of the nature of my move. This has been really top of mind for me. And, and I think when we're talking about, you know, last week we talked about the close friendships. I do think this is a good series to listen to in order. If you feel so inclined, you don't have to you stick around today and go back and listen to that one later. But we built, we built this conversation around close friendships last week. And today we're, we're talking about everything from friends who are actual friends. They're friends of yours. You text back and forth, you know, each other, you know, each other's kids, but they're just not in the inner, inner circle. And then all the way across the spectrum to like what you were saying, Megan, which is the barista at your coffee shop, whose name you might not even know. You certainly like have never gone like on a beach walk with them or anything, but they are still a part of the fabric of your (laughs) identity. That sounds so cheesy, but like, um, and, and I think the pandemic disrupted every single one along that spectrum. Like we heard last week from a lot of people whose close friendships actually really thrived in, in COVID, not everybody, but a lot of people. Whereas I think these casual or circumstantial or surface level or new friendships, um, Mm. they're, they're not all created equal. I want to make that clear. There's a whole bunch of different types of friends we're talking about today, but I think they were all drastically impacted by what's happened in the last year. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I could sit, nobody wants to think about, you know, a, a week in the life of Megan Francis um, in, <laughs> you know, let's say January, 2020. Um, but I could name off, if I really sat here and thought about on an average week, or like if I did that thing where I pull up my Google map and looked at all the places I went and then, and then made a list of the people that I would regularly interact with at those places, it would be, I'm guessing a very long list of people. Most of them I don't really talk to anymore, if at all. And I know we're going to dig into more of this, um, you know, after we come back from the break, but there are people I've even attempted to kind of keep a loose text-based relationship with, but it just kind of flounders. It's like, if you're not, some of those people, if you're not seeing them in person, there ain't really much to talk about. And it's just, it's, yeah. So, um, and, and for better and for worse, I think one of the themes that emerged from last week's episode is that some people were saying when their life was so busy and so full and there was so much distraction and so many people like those casual connections that they were kind of riding that line um, where they didn't have time for the people who really, really mattered. So I do think yeah. that there's, it's not all bad, No, but it, agreed. but there is some loss there that we'll have agreed. to dive into. 
Agreed. Megan, summer is calling and no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor are here to keep us energized for everything that comes with it. Whether our listeners are planning on pool days, family bike rides, or evenings at the ballpark, Factor meals can be ready in two minutes whenever hunger strikes. There's no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So talk about easy, right? Yeah, it doesn't get much easier than that, Sarah. Plus, Factor's chef-crafted meals also make it easy to stay on track with our wellness goals. Factor's meals are fresh, never frozen, and they include some seriously gourmet options like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. So here's how it works. Factor provides a weekly menu of 35 different choices, including preferences like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages. I recently signed my brother up for Factor Meals, and I covered his first couple of shipments as his birthday present. He just told me he's been loving them so much he plans to take over the subscription and keep on ordering. He is a nurse and works nights, so having a healthier option to quickly heat up on his break or when he gets home from a 12-hour shift is perfect. Well, listeners, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash momhour5050 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Sarah, I love it when the Mom Hour is able to partner with other female-founded brands, and that's the case with our sponsor, Our Place. Our Place makes stunning kitchen products that are healthy and sustainable. We've been testing out some items from Our Place for a little while now, so I'm curious, Sarah, what does your family think? Okay, well, we are absolutely loving our new bakeware set from Our Place. It's a five-piece set that includes three different sizes of baking dishes. So, you know, for your banana bread loaf, your brownies, your lasagna, all the things. And then it also comes with this griddle pan that works on the stovetop or in the oven. We chose the neutral steam color, and it's so pretty, but there are so many cool colors to choose from. Oh, that sounds so nice. Um, I picked Sage, which is such a pretty green for our cookware set. And everything Our Place offers is non-toxic. They're really leading the way with their durable, easy to clean ceramic coatings. Unfortunately, a lot of other companies are still using forever chemicals because they're cheap, but there's so much research coming out about how harmful they can be. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter our code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com and the code is MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah. So we're not talking about our close friendships and we're not talking necessarily about total strangers. We're talking about that huge group in the middle. Um, And let's just name off, I guess, I think this could be interesting because I don't know that everyone's brains are primed to think about all these relationships and what they actually mean, but it could be anything. And I'm going to even open this up to like the fact that when UPS used to come to your door or you got groceries delivered or food delivered, it used to feel, it would feel really weird not to open the door Mm. in January Mm. of 2020, hand someone their money or sign the bill and take your pizza, right? Or take your package, especially if they knew you were home. I mean, how rude would it be if like someone came to your door with a package and they saw you sitting at your island in your kitchen waving at them? Like that just wouldn't, I mean, even those relationships have changed a Mm -hmm. lot. And sometimes those were people that you saw regularly. Sometimes you'd get the same driver or the same 
person dropping things yeah. off at your house and then like extend that. So you've got now going to the store. Um, I don't know about you, but I really try hard not to make eye contact with people at the grocery store when I'm there because I might not recognize them. Like I might kind of think maybe I know who they are, but like, what if I'm wrong or don't know who they are? I had a couple experiences where people tried to talk to me in the store and I was not entirely sure if I knew them and they obviously knew me and we're all wearing masks and we're trying to stay like 10 feet away from each other. And it was super awkward. So I find that even those like super casual relationships, um, it's not even just that you're not seeing those people anymore. It's that you don't know how to behave around them. It, yes. It's gotten real weird. And then there were the things like if you went to a party and say it was like your friend who was kind of like a, uh, not necessarily a super good friend, but like a friendly. That's how I define people mm -hmm. who are like more than acquaintances. Yeah. And then their friendlies. So their friendlies might never become your friendlies. Like they might, that might never cross over. But usually like one or two of them does. And you end up spending the whole time talking to that person. I have yeah. a, a, one of the last things I remember doing is going to this big brunch, um, February, 2020 with this big group of people. Two of them were my friends and the rest were just like, friend adjacent. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun. And I remember walking away thinking, oh man, I can't wait till the next time I see all those people. And of course yeah. now it's been 14 months and I still yeah. have not. And who knows when I will again. So there's those people. Um, you mentioned the barista at the coffee shop or your bartender that you always see every, or your server that you're used to seeing when you go out, your, your hairstylist, your hairstylist. Yeah. I don't know who else do you add. Like, um, I don't know how it is with you and your kids, teachers, but do you see them face-to-face -face anymore or is it all kind no, of like a path? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's, I dropped my kids off in a car line and I, we did at the beginning of the year. Um, we had like an outdoor across a picnic table meeting, but no. And I wanted to add the school relationships to your list because my kids are younger than yours and school's been a big, you know, I've still had younger kids for the last few years. And I mean, the front desk at school was like a huge, just friendly relationship in my life. Like other volunteering parents teachers and assistant teachers, um, the, the warm bodies. And I mean that like literally, <laughs> but also the warm feelings about those individuals in a school setting is a real loss for yeah. me. Um, and I'm so lucky that my children are in school in person. So I'm not taking anything away from how lucky we are, but my, uh, my like ability to relate to the adults in that school is completely gone. And, and it took me like a long time to realize that was kind of missing because I joke like, oh, I don't like to volunteer. I don't do field trips, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, those friendlies were a huge part of my life that went from a hundred to zero in like a, yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking even like the way that I used to hang out with people, um, I'm an extrovert and I can, I'm pretty friendly. So I would go to something like, and it's, it makes it sound like I was a bar fly. I really wasn't, but I would go to, you know, I'd go out someplace and stand around at a happy hour or something like that weekly. And I would talk to anybody. I would talk to the yeah. person to my right. I would talk to the person to my left. I would talk to the bartender. I would talk to like the friends of people around me and I would sing karaoke. Um, I would talk to like, if someone showed up with a group, I would talk to everybody in their group. And I had fun doing that. I actually ran into a listener of ours one time while I was out and we ended up going and doing karaoke together with her whole group of like teachers. They were all in town for a conference and oh, we all like that. went out and did karaoke and I don't know if she still listens. Hello. Um, yeah. but I, that is not happening and it hasn't happened no. in a long time. Like just those like random 
casual acquaintances. Yes. Um, or, or what or, about, I want to add one. What about when somebody you, you see like twice a year and you're usually like, oh, let's go grab lunch. Like, yes. and, and it only happens twice a year. And it's not because they're a new friend or they're a friendly. It's just because like, maybe you live 25 minutes away and it's just, you're not going to run into them at the gym. Like the, I feel like with a, the way a lot of people approach their bubbles and stuff, it's like those things just fell off. And, and yeah. it may be you kept in touch with that person via text, but like there's so many like, or if you meet a new friend, you're like, Hey, let's go grab coffee. Like, I'd love to get to know you better. Right. Or like our kids, let's meet at the playground for our kids. And we'll have that, that first time mom friend conversational chat. And maybe it'll never turn into anything more and maybe it will, but like, it's all, it's all on pause. There's so many different categories, um, you know, of, of these friendly acquaintances and all the way up to like casual friendships that were affected. And I think you're right. I think it was a slow realization of how big an impact that's had. Well, you don't miss them all right away. And then, right. because it's not your besties, but then pretty soon you're like, wait. And I was just thinking, Sarah, too, like all the advice we would give a lonely newer mom in 20, you know, 2019, like mm -hmm. doesn't apply anymore. We would say, join a book club. Yeah. Go to mom and me classes. Um, go to library story time. Uh, go to the gym. Like, join a workout class. I might tell them to go join a community theater group or yeah. something. Check out your church groups, like all of those things. Talk to your neighbors and even neighbors, even though you can still see your neighbors, if it's like, you know, a, a socially distanced driveway chat or whatever, would you do that with someone you barely knew? I don't know right. that I would like, that's harder. It's harder to make that. I don't know, to cross that, um, that little bridge when yes. you're not already close or when exactly. you're not new to the neighborhood for you being new kind of gave you an in like, Oh, we're new. Let's get invited to stuff. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. I actually think so neighbors came up last week when we talked about, well, we talked about close friendships and the types of friendships that have gotten closer during the pandemic. And, and several listeners did say that I think neighbor friends are one of the, one of the more casual groups that actually was allowed to maybe thrive. People talked about going on walks with their neighbors or yeah. trading childcare because it was possible in a safe environment. And had I stayed in Orange County, that for sure, I was already pretty close um, with my neighbor friend group, but that would have continued to be um, a thing. Uh, being new in the neighborhood is very strange. I mean, it's dog walking and hellos and very friendly. Um, there's not a lot of other families with kids our kids' ages, or mm. if there are, I haven't seen them. So it hasn't been nobody where I live. People are not doing like parties or any kind of right. a, like, let's all hang out in the driveway. In my old neighborhood, we did that because we had a shared understanding of COVID precautions. Like I had yeah. some, I had some neighbors who were in their seventies and eighties who we loved. And like, we were clear at the time, like nobody was getting within 10 feet of them. And we were able to do some low key hangs very, very safely but I don't know. I just don't know the people. So I don't know like what footing we're starting on. So yeah, I think neighbor, it just exactly like you said, if you were already tight with your neighbors, I think that's one type of group that probably did okay in the last year. But if you're meeting new people, I think it's hard. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't mean to be like, that sounded depressing. So <laughs> we've talked about all that we've lost. Right. Um, and I, I am curious where, like where you are, Sarah, with your outer circles, especially given that move. Yeah. Maybe, what does that maybe look Maybe we like should talk you? about that. Maybe yeah. we should have, start my therapy session now. Um, well, I touched on a couple. The school, being involved and being present as a school parent 
um, went away because school went away and then we moved and then we started new schools and um, it just isn't, it's not a thing yet. I haven't met other parents. Now, here's the good news. My youngest is in second grade. My oldest is in middle school. I've had many years of school parenting already. So there's a part of me that's like, well, I kind of did that. Like I, I kind of like I had my good friendlies through the school parent community before. But there's another part of me that's like, okay, well, Violet has five more, four more years after this of elementary school. It's not like, I mean, I am going to be, I'm not done. So I do miss that. And that has been hard. And I don't think it'll come back for quite a while. So hopefully in the fall, um, Violet has started to make some friends and she has started an outdoor soccer. Well, obviously outdoor, but a, um, a soccer It's actually great. This is so perfect for me and how I like activities. It's a soccer group once a week, but there's no, it's not really a team. There's no games. There's no uniforms. Oh my gosh. There's no expectations. It's basically (laughs) a bunch of parents hired a coach once a week to come run the kids around and do fun drills. And it's kind of for the kids who are missing their AYSO experience and stuff. Um, And so Violet got in on that. And I actually, I really like the, the parents on the sidelines there. And it's a very low key. Again, there's like no, there's no, it's not a league. It's just literally like run around and kick a soccer ball for an hour once a week. So that's been a small in, I guess, into friendly other parents. But um, I've met one of Reed's friends, moms. Very nice. I liked her a lot. I was like, oh, I could be friends with her. But then it's like, but now what? Like it's gonna take repeated right. We're exposure. Friends, but yeah. yeah, it's gonna take yeah, it's gonna take repeated times of seeing these people, and that's just not happening. So that's that's how it's been locally. Um, and and then yeah, I mean anyone I know we have listeners who moved um during COVID. I'm not the only one. And so you know when you move that all of those, like your doctor, your dentist, your, your UPS store and your pizza place. And it all changes. And now we're, we've been nine months, I think, since we moved. So we're established, we've got our places, but I guess it's a, it's a slower or a more like, it it just doesn't feel, I don't feel rooted in the community in that way. Um, So that has been kind of hard, honestly. Um, I was, I'll, I'll just add that because this is my hometown, that's another weird thing is I moved to my hometown that there are familiar places and in some cases, familiar faces, but they tend to be like my parents' friends, like people I've known. <laughs> like today I drove by my, like a woman that I've known my entire life. And I was like, Oh, there's Jane. So I guess in a way, like I have it a little better, but it's, it's not, they're not my people and I haven't made them. It's, it's almost like, it's just cause I moved home. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't feel great about it, to be honest, about this. This part of my friendship circles has really struggled in the last half a year. Yeah, I'm thinking like as you're talking, our situations are so very different. And for me. I don't really miss a lot of the people that I don't see anymore in an active way. <laughs> like, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, I totally. don't actively miss you know, John, the bartender, although he did, he was a great bartender. Um, and I don't actively, like, I don't wake up in the morning and think about the people I had brunch with that one day and think, gosh, I want to get that group back together. It's more the possibility. It's what I miss is the idea that there could be a Friday night and I could go run into people and who who even knows, like who knows what adventure awaits me or who I might talk to or who I might see that I know exactly who I'm going to see. And I will say two of the friends who were 
who were kind of on those outskirt friend, like, um, I don't know, burgeoning friendlies, I guess, mm -hmm. of maybe, of maybe a group of 10 burgeoning friendlies. I did kind of hold on a little more tightly to two of them. And it's not like we see each other all the time, but we'll, you know, when, when things, when it feels like the right situation, um, I will see them. We've done a lot of outdoor hangs and like when people, when things started to open back up, like those would be the people if I was going to go grab a bite to eat with or something, it'd be those people. Right. Um, but that's just like a little sliver of the bigger picture. Like yeah. so it used to be like those people gained me access to a bigger group. Sure. And now it's just those people and those people are amazing. And I'm not complaining at all. I think they're great. Um, but it's just not, it's just not the same. And I know exactly what my week's going to look like. If I'm looking and going, okay, what's my social situation going to look like this week? I know, I know who the rotunda of like yeah. three to four people are <laughs> who I might see. You know, the other thing, the other category I feel like I'm missing is my dude friends. Um, I had a whole bunch of guy friends who were almost all of them were either like the spouses of a female friend, but I had something in common with the guy. Like, I don't know, usually work. Like some, they were in some kind of creative field or something. And then that would kind of become its own like little side friendship. Well, I'm not seeing people's spouses anymore. Even if I'm out right. with like, um, even if I do manage to see one of my female friends, they aren't typically like, it's not the same. It's just not, it's not happening that way anymore. It's much more sporadic and fewer people and no one's having house parties. You know, those kinds of things just aren't happening. And so I did have a little, oh, and I'm not going to my old co-working space anymore, which is where all my kind of guy entrepreneur friends were. And so I have several who, the nice thing about guys is they're kind of easy to have like really transactional and um, sporadic friendships with, because mm -hmm. it's not, like they're, I'm not really counting on them for emotional support. It's more like, hey, what about that website you were going to launch? Or, hey, what about this project you were going to do? And so I have a few that I will text literally out of the blue um, and then not talk to again for three months. And it's no big deal. And I have female friends like that too, but it just, guys tend to fall into that category more, but I haven't laid eyes on them. Like I don't yeah. see them. There's, there's not really a good reason to get together. And all of the, um, all of the things that would have been in place before to make those casual hangs happen just aren't there. And, and yeah. I would say like, even, even the guys that I was never like close friends with, but that I enjoyed seeing when I would hang out with my female friends and I just liked their husbands. I don't, I don't remember the last time I talked to Missy's husband and I've yeah. known him for 20 years. So it's just like, those are, that's another thing. Like, even if you're still seeing your close pals on, in some way, you're probably not seeing the people that came along with them. So that is, that's like perfectly ties into something I wanted to bring in from our listener feedback because someone mentioned, and I had not thought of this and it's so true. She said, even the social interactions that are happening right now are almost all one-on-one. -on -one, mm. And that is intense in some relationships and in some setups, that's like not necessarily the dynamic you're even going for. You just want something like you want, right. you want some kind of hang, but like not every friendship is the kind that you do a hike or a coffee date or an outdoor patio hang with some yeah. really thrive in a group environment. And I, it hadn't occurred Sometimes to me. Sometimes you need a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes the group dynamic is what makes each little individual kind of more fun and more yeah. funny. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. group takes on its own life. And so this listener just said, I miss the group hang because 
I have been able to see people one-on-one, but one-on-one is intense. So yes. that I thought was fascinating. Um, and, and this could totally be a me thing. But another thing I wanted to throw out there about the casual hang is I'll, I, I already feel kind of a fatigue in terms of scheduling and mental load and details. Um, I have three kids. They're in school. I work. My husband works. Um, and I don't know if I just lost my ability to manage a lot of calendar details or if work's gotten busier. But even the times when I've thought, oh, I, I'm, I should like get together with that person. Like they live in town. You know, we could go to the beach or be outside and be safe. And there's like this part of me that's like, I don't have any reserves. Remember in early yeah. COVID when we talked about like mental reserves, like how we'd used up that um, that like extra battery life or whatever. It's almost like I, there's a part of me that feels like it's too much of a hassle to get together with these friends. And that bums me out because I'm never going to make friends if I don't like flip that switch. But maybe maybe some people listening can relate. There's a mental load and like a administrative energy required for some of these meetups that sometimes I don't feel like I have. Well, that, and I mean, we've talked about, um, you and I personally have talked about how early pandemic times made us so intolerant to multiple things on our calendar. And that hasn't really faded for me. So if I look at my calendar and it's got like more than one thing on it in a day, I am immediately overwhelmed. And that did not used to be the case, Yeah, but it just kind of became like that didn't happen for a while. And now it's like, oh, more than one person wants my time today. Right. I don't know about that. And even just like the texting back and forth of like, okay, does Friday work? What time? What can I bring? Like, I'm just now dipping my toes back into those types of things. And mm-hmm. I, it's like, it, yeah, it's a relearning curve. And I find myself with like almost a knee jerk resistance to it. Um, and so I think that's interesting. It's another little something either that I'm out of practice or, or just like you said, like we, we, uh, we got so accustomed to a less full calendar that it's a, right. it's jarring now. So, all right. Well, as we mentioned last week, I don't remember if we've said it in this episode, we have 17 pages in a Google doc <laughs> <laughs> filled with your friendship observations and comments. Um, and it was so interesting to read through them all. And like we've been saying, there were some common themes and then there was a lot of reminders that everyone's experience is very different. So for every person who'd grown closer to their friends or who enjoyed the pared down social schedule, there was someone who had kind of the opposite experience. So I wanted to just highlight um, some comments I thought were insightful about this concept of your community and your outer circles of friendlies, as you call them, Megan. Um, Someone said some things are hard to text and I can't do phone calls easily with the kids around. I miss being able to just chat and have the conversation flow however it will. That doesn't happen in texts as often. And I miss just chatting. That's so Mm. true. So last episode, we kind of raved about technology and Voxer and Marco Polo and texting. But it it's a different not not all conversations lend themselves to the the typing, the electronic mode. And um, that's a huge a huge loss, especially like we were talking about before the break in a group setting, because you're, you're, you're missing out on the give and take and the eye contact and the nuance. Um, and, and some things are just hard to type into a text field. So, well, especially when you're just getting to know, like so much of early friendship is chemistry and 
that's really that does not always come across in text. So like mm-hmm. the the reason you might have really loved to sit and chat with somebody because they're really witty and they play off of your jokes or like for whatever reason the timing works. Like there's so many um things that contribute to those face-to-face burgeoning friendships or like mm-hmm. those connections that even if they're not going anywhere, even if the friendship is never going to be more than it is, there's a reason why that person's really fun to talk to. Yeah. And that does not always translate. I would say that rarely translates. You have to kind of know someone pretty well yeah. for you to be able to translate those relationships into text um, or video or audio. Exactly. And that actually, that leads into something another listener said, which is there were people in her town that she genuinely liked, but she didn't have either didn't feel comfortable or didn't know how to reach them virtually. Mm. So like it just basically stopped. And that goes back to what we were talking about in the first half, which is these people you see around town and who are such a happy part of your day. If you don't have their phone number or if they're not on social media and you're not digitally connected to them, even though even though you got along great and you had lots of great conversations, um, the pandemic kind of like it, it made digital the only option, which in some friendships worked really well, as we've seen. But in others, it almost, you know, for this listener, it like put a stop to to friendships that she just it wasn't as natural to reach out virtually, she said. Right. And I, I definitely get hang ups about like, so I'm new to this town. If I meet someone, could I find them on Facebook or Instagram and friend them? I totally could. I'm pretty good at that kind of sleuthing. But there's something that feels a little weird about it, especially if I've just met them. So I tend not like to. if they didn't give you their digits and you just somehow find them. Yeah, yeah. that's a little odd. <laughs> yeah, like look them up in the parent portal and then right. like type their first and last name into Instagram and see if they have a profile. Like, so I totally know what she means, which is you can have every intention of wanting to connect well with someone. But if it if digital or virtual isn't natural in that relationship, it can be it can be hard. Yeah. Um, so I have to read this one because I just, it was so validating to me because it's like exactly what I said about my own experience and maybe somebody else, maybe others who have moved are finding this too. So she said, I'm grieving community friendships big time. Moving during a pandemic has seriously exacerbated, exacerbated the struggle to make new mom friends. Normally I dive into the community, library, mom groups, et cetera, in order to meet new people. I couldn't do that this year. Our new neighbors have understandably kept their distance rather than introducing themselves And even when I do meet someone, I can't easily pursue a friendship. I can't meet them somewhere for a coffee date because I've always got my kids with me and they'll lick a public service without a second thought. (laughs) Okay, mine don't do that anymore. I can't invite a new acquaintance over because my family and I have been selective about who we choose to expose ourselves to for the grandparents' sake. If I don't know someone well, it's not worth the exposure, except that I don't know anyone in Uh. my new town well. So that's like, it's just really Mm. hard. And I... I can relate to that. And I think this, I hope, I hope this will just get better. It will just get better as things get better. I hope. I think it will. And I actually think if we look back at how things were a year ago, it's already gotten better. And we just Mm -hmm. don't realize like, like for a while there, how extreme it was and how it's now we're in the slog. It's like getting a little long and we really notice how much things have changed. But um, it's already gotten better. And I agree. I think that there is definitely a lot of optimism right now. And I feel it um, where I am. And, you know, I feel this sense of like, let's get back out there again. And I think it's going to happen. I just think it's going to take us all some practice. Like maybe it won't 
maybe it won't just come quickly and, and easily. And then it's almost going to feel like moving to a new place for everybody because the way that mm-hmm. we interact, even if we've lived in the same town, the way we interact with that town and the people in it might just be very different. That's true. That's really true. Um, I liked that someone said, I miss the friends of friends, the people you only really see when at the mutual friends Halloween party or the new people you meet when friends throw a backyard barbecue. That's like exactly what you said, Megan. It's like, I know the possibilities. And for someone like you who is an extrovert and a novelty seeker, I, I really like, I think it really struck me what you said in the first half, which is it's not that you don't have good people around you. It's that you it's the possibility, the yeah, the unknown, the adventure side of social, the adventurous side of socializing has been taken away because, like you said, you know exactly who you're going to see all week long. Right. Yeah. There's um, no surprises anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Well, maybe like as we kind of wrap up this episode and like the two even the two part series, almost we could talk about like what we hope our friendship landscape will look like like a year from now or whatever, whatever arbitrary timeline we want to assign. And I can go first because I'm kind of springing this on us. Um, Whenever it's safe and I feel comfortable, I think I'm going to need to and want to be a little bit more adventurous than I normally would be about Mm. things like joining a group. I'm not typically a group joiner, but whether it's like a yoga class or a volunteer position, um, those were things I really, I, I backed off. Of. Well, first of all, I've never been super drawn to those things. And then in the last few years, I've just been working every hour that my kids are in school. So I'm not, right. I'm not like prioritizing that. But after this conversation just today, I'm, I'm realizing that that's going to fast track those friendlies for me and like mm-hmm. sort of uh, get the ball rolling to let the natural development of relationships then take over, if that makes sense. So I have to think about what that might look like, but um, I definitely want to get back into a dance studio and take a dance class um, when that is safe. Um, I've never done a book club, but I would consider it. It'll have to be not my mom's book club because I already (laughs) know all my mom's friends and I don't think they're looking for new 40 year old friends. They would hopefully let me in their book club, but Um, yeah, so we'll see, but that's sort of like a little, like a resolution of sorts, I guess, is that if I don't do that, I think it will take quite a while to, to really feel rooted in this community. So I think I'm going to want to slash need to do that. Yeah. I'm thinking like, I think this year, strangely for me has been a net win socially. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was really good for me to have to become more particular and a little less frenetic and a little less all over the place. And I think it really did force me to double down and zero in on some um, relationships that didn't always get as much of my attention as they could or should have. Um, So I'm not unhappy with how it's gone. And I Mm -hmm. I realize I'm saying that from an extremely privileged position of just being in a place at a time of life where it's, it's relatively easy for me to maintain with friendships. And I've been in this town long enough that I already did all that groundwork. Like I laid the groundwork many years ago. Um, But I'd like to get out there again. And I think that the the local work I do and things like that, like it's really going to depend on me just being, seeing and being seen. And and I think that that's going to have to be like the next thing. And I almost feel like that I've become out of practice too, which is weird because it's not the kind of thing that usually is hard for me. Um, I feel like I've become a little 
a little like teenage awkward again or something. So you get like social exhaustion. Like when you talk to someone for a while that you haven't talked to, like I have noticed that like, it's like, I'm like, wow, that was like a lot of talking to someone that's not my husband or my parents or my business partner. I don't know. Um, a little bit, but I think it's more likely, like it's more often that I feel awkward to even start the conversation mm. or get started with it. And then once I'm in, it's fine. But like it, that's always been my bigger thing. And I, I worked hard to get over that weird social anxiety where I would walk into a room and not know where to sit. Like, I remember that being a big thing for me when I was younger. And I, through going to many conferences and being in many situations where I had to realize no one's watching me, like it really yeah. doesn't matter where I sit or stand or who I talk to or how I talk. Like I had to kind of get over that. I really did. And now it's been, I'm kind of out of practice. So it's really yeah. more easing in and just knowing what to do in the beginning of a situation that I think is a little harder for me. And the exhaustion, I don't know. I haven't really had that. I haven't been challenged to know yeah. if that is problematic for me. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention, and this probably could have been like a whole other, like big chunk, but, um, people talked about their spouses or their partners having different social needs than they do or different making friends differently. Mm. And I think Brian is so friendly to everyone and everyone loves, he's more like you in that way. He'll talk to anyone. Everybody loves him. Like he's, he's extroverted, but he's probably like an introverted extrovert and I'm an extroverted introvert. Like we're both a little closer to the middle of the spectrum, but he's certainly comfortable around lots of different social situations. And he has really missed having office mates and workmates. Mm -hmm. And then we moved. So I actually think that because of, because of my long distance and virtual and internet friends, I probably talk to and interact socially with more people throughout the day than he does, even though I, I probably need it less and he needs it more. So that's been interesting. And I think as we come out of this, we're going to be probably awkwardly making new couple friends and like yeah. trying out new. That's just what happens when you move to a new place. You're like, oh, right. I like her. Let's see. Maybe you'll like him. And you do the thing. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I sort of foresee that being the next phase of us getting out there socially as a couple and hopeful hopeful for him that he can have, um, you know, office, office friends again. Cause he had a really tight group in orange County, um, that that office closed, then we moved. And so he will literally emerge in a new place with new coworkers at some point. And, and I don't know when that's going to be, I'm looking forward to having him go to an office, but I think he's looking forward to it for social reasons too. And just to, to kind of validate anybody out there who's, you know, your, your partner's social needs can sometimes really impact the home environment too. If you've got somebody who's going stir crazy or who's lonely or whatever. Well, I mean, Eric and I laugh about the fact that we got to know each other in a bubble. Mm -hmm. So at some point there are going to be parties that we are both going to be inviting our people to. We don't really know. I mean, he knows my brother and Jenna. Um, and I've met like very briefly a couple of his friends, but we don't go out in groups and hang out. Right. So like, What's that going to look like? How do you like all that stuff would have happened months and months and months ago and it hasn't happened yet. So it's like this weird delay of a very important part of coupling, like getting everyone's people in the same room. Um, So I just think that's going to be another like it's it just delayed or like the timeline's all wrong. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, won't we? (laughs) We will see. We will see. Well, um, this was really, really 
helpful to me, actually, these two episodes and hopefully to listeners. Um, If you didn't catch last Tuesday's episode, definitely go back and listen to that one. Um, And we will link to that article you mentioned, Megan, and anything else we think of, like some past episodes from the archives about friendship um, in the show notes. And those are always at themomhour.com. Um, another quick reminder to fill out our survey. I promise I will stop um, asking for it soon, but that's at themomhour.com slash survey. And it doesn't matter if you're like a brand new listener or if you don't listen to every episode and you're just kind of like new around here. Actually, the the wider variety of types of survey we responses we have, it's even better. So um, don't tell yourself that you're not, you know, somehow qualified to take our survey. Just take our survey. Just take it. <laughs> Just do it. Um, and then we will be back this coming Sunday with another More Than Mom episode. So Megan, this was fun. This was really fun. We'll talk to everybody soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, my new solo podcast, The Tease Made, is still going strong. I've got dozens of episodes published on topics like wellness, self-care rituals, caring for your home, creativity, herbal medicine, movement, all my kitchen adventures, and of course, tea. Well, of course. Yes, I love the teas made. It's such a fun peek into everything that's going on in your home and your life. And I just love the cozy vibe. Plus, I think a solo podcast can be such a nice contrast to interview shows or two host shows like ours. There's just something so calm about hearing one person talking to you for a little while about whatever's going on with them. Well, that makes me happy to hear because that is my intention. The Tease Made is your chance to step out of the busyness of everyday life and find calm and connection through cozy conversations. Just look for The Tease Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts.